0: greetings everyone and welcome back to another episode of plan b success we have tommy Mello with us today from phoenix arizona now tommy is the founder of a1 garage doors it's a home services business with lots of employees in lots of states and there's other things he's doing you know he is uh, an, an mba and he is looking to apply lessons from the white collar business as he calls it To the blue collar businesses. So let's welcome Tommy and then we'll find out about him and his businesses. So welcome, Tommy. Thank you for letting me come on. I really appreciate it.
1: Looking forward to uh, sharing some of my uh, trials and tribulations with everybody.
0: Awesome. So you've been doing a lot and a lot of juggling going on there. So tell us a little bit about yourself. So I'm 38 years
1: old. I was born and raised in um, right outside of Detroit, Sterling Heights, Michigan. And um, Grew up in an entrepreneurial uh, kind of childhood, I guess. It was uh, my dad owned a transmission shop. Didn't really know exactly what he was doing in business. So he made a lot of mistakes. I got to see them firsthand. Uh, Didn't pay Uncle Sam enough money. That was a mistake he made. Uh, And, um, you know, my mom and dad went through a divorce. She was a realtor. She used to, she bartended for a short while, cut hair, and and also was a server. Uh, Worked a lot of jobs to just see us kids get through. Um, uh, gave me a lot of love, anything really, I learned to shovel snow and mow lawns pretty young age there being from Detroit. And then, uh, then I got a job washing dishes when I was 12, I was in seventh grade. I made $4 and five cents per hour under the table. Cause I legally wasn't able to work till I was 13, but you know, overall, it was a blessing in disguise. My mom and dad still are friends and, um, I learned to work hard, got a lot of love and then kind of fell into the garage during the street started painting garage doors at hundred bucks a garage door. I could paint 10 a day. I was bartending. I was going through a master's program and then started up a garage door company with a partner. And in 2010, I decided to go separate ways from him. And I'll tell you, the key to success in my opinion is um, I fail a lot. I'm I'm a big, big, big believer in failing once and then getting back up and not making the same mistake twice. So I've had the hard rocks. I mean, If you name a mistake, I've made it. If you name a a failure point, I I focus on my strengths, not my weaknesses. I hire around my my weaknesses. And as you could tell, I read a lot of books. So there's not a lot of books that I've got about, I think I just hit 1100 on Audible. And then I'm a big fan of normal books. There's not a time that you can't find a, a book on my desk that I'm in the middle of. They're everywhere. So I can't get enough of it. There's one by Gino Wickman. He came on my podcast not that long ago, but just a big fan of uh, readers or leaders. So it's a little bit about me. I love golf. I love shooting pool and I like movies.
0: Awesome. So tell us uh, about your company, a one Garage Doors.
1: Yeah. So started in 2007, uh, just me in a truck and another guy, and then slowly begun, began to learn kind of, I read the e-myth and I read the uh, ultimate sales machine It just really got into systems and a uh, few catalyst moments. We're hiring my my integrator, which is Adam, and uh, really understanding how to build leadership and build culture and build, make sure everybody's kind of hitting goals that are important to them personally. So this year, we're going to do close to 80 million, uh, 450 employees now. And um, right now I've got about ten people in another room building budgets, and I'm not part of that meeting because, quite frankly, uh, I get a little bit depressed because they all set lower goals than me. So I said, build the budget for the bank, and then build the Tommy budget. And the Tommy budget better be aggressive because we always want to make sure we hit our budget for the bank. If you if you do better than your budget, you're doing great. So we're we're, we're doing our 2022 plans, and um, my goal is to do 150 million. And then I want to buy a hundred companies on top of that. People think it's impossible. Most people in that room think it's impossible, but ye of little faith is
0: what I say. So, uh, and the 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 company that you have, do you do you build doors or what's it about? So we service and
1: replace garage doors. So we're in about twenty states, and just we've got a whole training platform where we get people to come on as an apprentice fly them to Arizona, we've got two apartment buildings. We put them up in an apartment for a month. We teach them everything that there is to know, and then they move up to a junior tech, tech, senior tech, then a lead tech. Um, we've got a whole process to where career development and um, it, it's a pretty cool industry. You know, your garage door is 40% of your curb appeal. We trademarked, it's a smile of your home. And it's the only thing on the home, better than your kitchen remodel, better than your bathrooms. The garage door gives a better return on investment, so. A lot of advantages. I'm pretty passionate about garage doors. It's, it's so simple. It's people are like, it's garage doors. Everyone's got one. It's not very sexy, but to me, it's sexy. I love it.
0: So did you, did you mean to get into it or how did that happen back, back when you started the company? Yeah. So 2006, I had a roommate and he was
1: answering phones at a garage door company, kind of managing it. And he said, Hey, listen, we can't find anybody to paint garage doors. Would you be interested? And I said, well, how much does it pay he's like a 100 bucks a door you could probably paint two or three a day i was like well let me let me think about it and i, I hired a guy on craigslist to teach me how to paint because i didn't know how to paint so i learned how to spray doors and so i called every company in phoenix because i lived in phoenix and uh i got 10 different companies giving me all their paint work so i was getting tons of business making a couple grand a week just doing that on the side and i do everything on saturday sunday And then I'd be meeting with these garage techs, picking up a sample. And they're like, oh, man, you love this industry. You're a really cool dude, whatever. I was just a kid. I was in my early 20s. And um, yeah, I had a blast. I mean, I love what I did. And then I decided to go full bore. But I didn't know. (laughs) I thought I knew, but I didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to do the job every day. I didn't know that what worked on the business meant. I just was always in it. But I'll tell you, I wouldn't have done anything differently because the mistakes I've made have set me up for a great next decade of, uh, I think what it will be some big success stories.
0: Now, you know, you were you very passionate about personal growth, you know, with all your reading and your podcast and your writing and all of that stuff. And how do you apply that back to your employees and your company? So when we talk about, uh, you know, white collar lessons, how does, how does that work out and how has that benefited you? You know, there is one thing I can tell you about big companies. They've
1: got an organizational chart. They got a depth chart. They've got standard operating procedures. They got job descriptions. They have manuals. Uh, right here is my top five manuals in the company. And some of them are 60 pages. It tells you everything you need to know on dress code, a tenant's policy, transportation to work, time off, how it's handled workload supplied, everything's in manual. So you take these principles of just job descriptions, marketing, um, and apply them towards niches that normally people are just, they work so hard every day. They still, most business owners in home service, they're so busy doing the work themselves. Their wife's a slave to the business. Their kids end up working for the business. And it's very hard because they, they started a business because they were good at a job. They said, man, if this company's making a million dollars a year, we could go do this. But they forget there's management and there's entrepreneurs and there's workers. They're the worker. So they're stuck in this paradigm to where they're answering phones all day. Then they're trying to do inventory. Then the first hire is impossible because this guy just doesn't know how to do it right. If I, if I want it done right, I got to do it myself. That's what everybody says. So I'd say most companies in the home service space they own an expensive job. Literally, they're working 70 hours a week. Their, their, their significant other, their husband or wife's working in the business. They're not making any money. And they, they consider this freedom. Oh, we've done it, we started a business. Then they go to sell. And right now I've got 20 letter of intents out there, 20 LOIs. And I said, how did you come up with this number? And they say, well, we just, we've been in business a long time. We worked our ass off for it, blood, sweat and tears. And I go, no, 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 it's a multiple of EBITDA. We're gonna take a multiple of your profit plus your ad backs. And I'm sorry, but this business is worth at max three times because you're the main person still, you're running the business. So there's so many things in the master's program to be completely frank with you, Tommy, the speed of implementation and to network. Other than that, um, I've learned a lot more through trial and error and experience.
0: You know, in terms of, uh, let's let's talk about your garage door business, right? When you look at anybody, typically from a garage door standpoint, people don't really bother about it, you know, as, so long as it's working, unless, you know, something goes off and then they get uh, tech to come and grease the wheels or, you know, whatever it is. So how do you generate business, you know, in, in your line of business? How are you looking at generating business? And how do you grow your business? And what do you do to keep your um, uh, keep your alumni of customers back uh, so that you know you can go back to them again and again? So
1: I'm a lot different than most home service companies. I focus a lot on inbound. Uh, I focus on literally, we get 10,000 customers a month. So how do I do that? Number one, Google is God. Uh, Google has four algorithms. The first algorithm is called LSA, local service ads. People have to get a background check. On uh, my company, the the technicians I needed a background check in every location, and so LSA ads are awesome. They cost money, but they're cheap. Um, Pay per click is the next one. That's called PPC. Those are just sponsored ads on Google. The next one is called GMB, in my Google My Business page. That gives you the hours and the reviews, um, and um, it's a it's got pictures on it. And and the th- the fourth one is organic Google. Um, a lot of People forget about organic. They don't think it still exists. They don't think it's a great thing to go after. Um, If you look at my website, it's the third highest ranked website in the home service industry. I got beat by uh, 1-800-GOT-JUNK and they're massive. The the franchises do a really good job because they understand how important SEO is. But optimization on those. um, But I like to be everywhere. When I'm in a new market, I'll do everything. I'll do, you name it. You've got Angie's list, You've got Home Advisor. You've got um, Thumbtack. You've got Yelp. You've got things like Groupon and Living Social. You've got pay per click on different things like Bing. You've got Valpack. I'm in. You've got MoneyMailer. You've got Clipper. Um, I've, I'm a big fan of affiliate marketing. So, you know, the number one entryway of your home to bugs is your bottom rubber on your garage door. So, when people move into a new home, we do garage door storage. Uh, why not put some garage or storage up there because in Arizona, you don't have a basement. Um, what's another good one? Why would you paint an old funky garage that's dented up when you're painting your home? They're a great affiliate. So affiliate uh, marketing is huge. Um, and then I'm a big into micro influencers. You got a big designer, a big realtor in town that, that recommends us. Um, why not pay them to come on and, and use their social media influence? So influencer marketing. Uh, and then as far as keep going back, We've got software that runs, that builds campaigns to come out once a year. We've got service agreements. And the goal of the service agreement is simply, it's a loss leader. The goal of the service agreement is simply to put a a fence around the home so that when you're ready to replace that garage door, that's when we make our money. So we give amazing service. We break even if not lose a little bit of money. And then when that time comes around and you're so impressed by our service, Generally speaking, we make more money on the sale than we would have a coupon shopper because they love our service. They're not price shopping, and and you know the last three years we've told you it's getting to that age, and we made it work. But it's an investment into the home. Um, one of the craziest things is we're learning a lot more about financing. It's been big in the automobile industry. It's it's the only way you buy a house. Typically, is to get take a mortgage, which is financed, and uh, it's. Such a huge opportunity for companies is uh, people buy what they need and finance what they want. So it's a huge opportunity that I think a lot of people, you look at your average ticket, uh, my prices are up on raw materials 120% this year. Your average ticket climbs 40% when you go through, when you sell financing and never call it financing, call it a promotion.
0: You know, uh, what's what's the typical life of a garage door? How often do they need to be replaced?
1: It's about 10 years, but you, you get an elderly couple that's only using it a couple of times a day. It'll last a little bit longer. Uh, you got the old ones that are, you know, stuff made in the 60s and 70s was just a lot better material, uh, but they're loud. They don't have technology built into them. Somebody, they might think it's a brick house, but it's made out of wood and it's warped. Um, you know, it's pretty dangerous. If you don't have your garage door, I've seen some, seen a lot of cars ruined. I've seen a lot of people get hurt. Um, so it's, it's, it's interesting now with all the technology, you could open and close your door from anywhere in the world. Um, your door will automatically close after five minutes, your insulation, your R value and your U factor of your home. It it really lowers the bills by about 8% for energy. Um, if you got solar and don't have an insulated garage door, I think that's crazy. Um, so it's kind of like this new green deal policy stuff going around there. I'm really trying to work with, my plan is to work with lobbyists to get the garage door with a rebate from the, from the federal government. It used to get a rebate during the uh, Obama days, 2010 and 11. Uh, but but I, I think getting that reinstater would really help our industry.
0: So this particular industry, what, what kind of margins are we talking about? You know, for, for a company your size, is it a double digit margin or you know yeah, yeah. I mean, anybody that, you know, the goal in home
1: service should be 10 to 15%. My my smart companies, my good guys, the guys that I hang out with, um, in the air conditioning plumbing industry, they're hitting 20, 22 percent. That's bottom line. That's 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 real numbers. Um, one of my buddies hit recently set a record in the home service industry for 20 times multiple of EBITDA.
0: Wow. Okay. And then, you know, it's a large company, lots of employees. So what, what about company culture? How do you go about maintaining that? So that's
1: a really, I used to hate that question when I was, when I was really in the business, because I'd say I, I walk into work and there's three people on a cigarette break, the phones are ringing off the hook, um, just stuff would always go wrong. And then I learned how important the employee is. Uh, they're, they're my coworkers. They're my internal customers. Um, I read this book called The Dream Manager. And the dream Managers: how can we have someone that's just responsible to help them accomplish their dreams? Home ownership, maybe a private school for their kids, maybe a 10 year anniversary to Hawaii, or make it, maybe a, a camping trip with their dad that they haven't hung out with in 10 years. So I think putting the employees before the customers are important. People say customer comes number one, I say the employees come number one because quite honestly, happy customers, happy, happy, happy employees, happy customers. You know, you've heard that old saying, happy wife, happy life. I say happy employees, happy life because, um, and my trick is always be recruiting, always be recruiting. Um, We use social media to recruit and we've got a system. I, I had a buddy of mine call me up about four months ago, him and his wife. And Vanessa and Jody, and Jody's a, a guy, his name's Joe. And Jody, they flew out within two days of me talking to him because I said, listen, it's hard to find people. If you look at my Indeed and Glassdoor, I've got the best Indeed and Glassdoor out there. Um, I've got the best ratings. People don't think about that. They think about their Yelp and their Google, but they don't think about their internal, what, what employees are thinking about. And, um, you know, when I had Jody come out, he showed me, he said, First thing you got to do is have really, really good copy. Next thing, where would you want to be? Where is a 25 year old guy that's looking to be a technician? Probably at another job. They're not on Indeed. They're not on CareerBuilder. They're not on Craigslist. They're not. They're not spending their time there. They're on Facebook. They're on uh, TikTok. You know, they're on. They're on all the social media sites. So we built campaigns. They got this whole follow-up system they got full-time recruiters that work for us i've also got a couple of full-time recruiters and we just came up with this way to automatically get the interview i mean they're killing it literally i've never got so many uh so many people that want to work for us i mean literally hundreds and hundreds of applicants per day and we've automated the whole thing and um, i gotta tell you it's it's called it's just it's crazy the uh the the, the results we're getting it's called um um they, they, they have a whole business for home service companies and even outside of home service, rapid hire pro. I think mm-hmm. I've never seen results like this. Rapid hire pro, rapid hire Awesome. And, and so here's what I figured out: one A player equals three B players. A players are happy, they don't get they get five-star reviews if they're at the gas station in church, they get referrals. They, they, they literally, they don't call you up at midnight. They don't do drugs. They don't come in hungover. And they make a lot of money. Pay for performance. You will not get tenure working for me. I don't care if you've been here 10 years. You get t- tenure, basically. You get results by your performance. So my top CSRs they make 25 to 30 bucks an hour. The bottom ones make minimum wage and they fall off. So yes, I I lose a lot of employees that first start out. If you make it for me for 90 days, you're going to work here probably for your life. But if you fall off right away, the system's designed to pay you like shit. Excuse my French. But it's designed to pay you way less
0: when you're not working hard. (laughs) All right. And you mentioned uh, you also have a podcast. Can you talk us through that? So my podcast is called The
1: Home Service Expert. I've had guys like Michael Gerber, Gino Wickman, um, I've had a lot of the best people in home service and just best selling authors. And the whole part of the, I didn't really know. I just, I knew I had a story to tell when I started a podcast and I knew it was selfish in a way, because I knew I could get in front of people that I wanted to to get in front of. And, you know, now it's getting 25 to 30,000 downloads a month because we talk about real ways to help your business conversion rate, booking rates, ways to sell financing, how to come up with standard operating procedures, checklists, how to get a systematized approach to business that has an expected result. And uh, it still is like, literally, it's it's almost like meditation time for me. Because I get to ask someone that charges $100,000 to do speaking events for an hour. I get to talk with them for free and ask my questions for an hour. So it's really opened a lot of doors for me. It's opened up a lot of speaking engagements. Um, been a keynote now dozens of times. And um, I think like I said, I'm a workaholic. I'm not married and I don't have kids. I have an amazing girlfriend and amazing dog. He's 11 months. His name's Finnegan, but I've got some freedom as far as what my expectations are at home. So I can work. And to be honest, I love work. I don't ever come into work. This is, if this is work, I got my whiteboard over there. I got my big desk. I got my books everywhere um, on shelves. You, You know, if this is work, I'm just very, very fortunate. I feel like I'm truly blessed.
0: That's awesome. So, for people that want to learn more about your company or your podcast, what's the best way for them to find them? So, the book you could get uh, homeservicemillionaire.com dot for slash free. You pay for shipping
1: and handling. Um, I had twelve co-authors in there. I got the CEO of Home Advisor, the CEO of Service Titan, thirteen billion dollar company. Um, so, if you like the book. Uh, the co-authors just added so much value. And then, uh, if you want to find out about me, uh, TommyMello.com. there's no W. So T O M M Y M E L L O.com. Um, I'm on all over social media. We're really trying to build some big Facebook groups that deliver lots of value and it's free. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, drop me a line. I'm all over Facebook. I, uh, I'm very, very interested in helping people. Sometimes we do shop tours. You get to see everything. We've got our own, wrap company we wrap our own vehicles we've got a limo bus we take people show them how we outfit our trucks um we show them everything on our training center usually we have 30 30 people training at a time um and it's just it's like clockwork and that should be the goal now that's actually clockwork's a book by michael michelowitz he wrote profit first and he was on the podcast the pumpkin plan uh, he's got a lot of good books as well
0: awesome Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Tammy, and uh, walking us through your business and your plans as to what you're set out to do. Before I let you go, one takeaway for the listeners, anything that you'd like to share?
1: All right. Here's the best piece of advice I can come up with is when you're getting into a business or maybe you're already started a business or you're thinking about getting into the business, uh, find the biggest, best company you could find outside of your area. So I want it to be somewhere that you fly to somewhere that you could get out of your normal day-to-day. And I want you to take a a binder and write a million questions down. I want you to talk to their marketing team. I want you to talk to every single thing you could. And when you walk in, I want you to be very observant. Find out what their mission, their vision, their core values, figure out everything about the company of what you're thinking to get into and really make friends with a lot of those people. Because once you can see what success looks like, it's so much easier to get there. You'll be able to skip hundreds of mistakes that i've made and hundreds of mistakes that these owners may have made or the ceo of the company and you just take notes and the biggest thing is put them into a google a google calendar to actually make those things possible i see a lot of people that go to these events and these huge shows and and they take a million notes and they they think they won the lottery they come back home they put it somewhere under their pillow and it never comes true actually do something take those those shortcuts that they were given and and use those to become successful. I got to tell you, I I go visit a $500 million shop at least once a quarter. And the next ones I'm going to start with in 2022 will be billion dollar companies because they're where I want to go. And hopefully I'm there within the next two years because we've designed this company in a way to become a billion dollar company.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tommy, and wish you the very best on your journey. Uh, Lots of inspiring Mm -hmm. stuff there and look forward to keeping in touch. Thank you so much, appreciate being on your podcast.